direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Infos Live. All right, folks, well, welcome back to another session of Denfo's Live. Today, we're going to be talking about the R of the RPI process in the communication planning. And I have with me today, Lieutenant Jack Georges. Sir, thanks so much for joining me. Good to have you back. Thanks, Chad. Good to be here. You were on the back side of the camera last time. This time, I you was. get to be in the hot seat and answering the questions. Um, so I, I appreciate you having you here. Looking forward to it. We have another change for you today, too. Um, let's see. Well, who is it? Um, because Petty Officer Purefoy had two PCS. She's uh, leaving the area and moving out to uh, Inpace West in San Diego. So we've got it with us today taking your social media questions. It's going to be Sergeant Ben Witten. He's going to join our team on set and be with us for the near future. Thanks so much for joining. Glad to be part of us here. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and let's get started. What do you say? Okay. All right, before we get into the actual questions, if you would, sir, just tell me a little bit about you and uh, what you do across the street at Denfos. Yeah, so uh, Lieutenant Jack Georges, I'm an instructor over at the Public Affairs and Communication Strategy Directorate at Defense Information School. And uh, I've been there since August. And just prior to that, I uh, was attending Georgetown University, uh, studying corporate communications and public relations, public relations excuse me. And, uh, before that, I was over at Naval Station Rota. It was a great, uh, great tour there. Nice. Uh, I got to do my independent duty uh, thing there, and uh, so it was, it was a wonderful opportunity for me. And uh, yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. Very good. And you got one more teammate with you. Tell us a little bit about who's taking uh, questions behind the scenes. You guys flip roles, so tell us right. who's back there. Yeah. So uh, last time I was on the uh, the chat machines there answering questions online, and so today we have Major Judy Marlowe and she'll be doing that for us. So please send her your questions and uh, we'll do our best to answer them here. Perfect, okay. Now that we know about you and who's answering the uh, questions online, let's get into, I guess, a couple questions. I have some and I think we already have some online too. So we'll get to those shortly. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the R, all right? The whole show, it's, it's that important uh, that we've dedicated a whole show to it. So the R in the RPI process, talk to me a little bit about what it is and, and why it's important. Yeah, so, um, well, R stands for research. And it's part of RPI, uh, planning, implementation, evaluation. So that's our, the process we use to plan communication, uh, whether for a specific event or, you know, our continuing communications that are always ongoing. And so, uh, you know, research, um, I'm glad we're having the opportunity to talk about it today because for me, I think it's the most important aspect of the planning process. Um, and I think your seasoned uh, public affairs practitioners would agree. And I think anyone new to the field will soon find that out. Uh, and that's because, you know, it, it gives us our situational awareness. It's how we understand um, a couple things. One, our, our command, what our command does, uh, what its mission is, lines of effort, um, who's who, uh, what they do at our, our yeah. command, right? It also tells us, you know, who do we need to be communicating with? Who are our stakeholders? And finally, it tells us a lot about what issues out there that are important, what we need to be tracking and why they're important, how they relate to our stakeholders, how they relate to our command. Um, so, you know, effectively, if, if we don't research, then we just don't know what the information environment is. And it's really be operating blind. Um, so, you know, I think as we talk about research today and as everyone out there is, is conducting research, I think they'll see that they, they conduct more research than they realize and that it's part of the planning, it's part of RPI uh, communication planning throughout. We're doing it at the beginning, we're doing it in the middle, and, and it's, it's crucial to evaluation as well. So, uh, yeah, I think without research, really, you can't do the rest. So it basically lays the foundation for the rest of your communication plan. Absolutely. Okay. No, that's great. 
Um, so, what kind of research? Um, what, what kind of research can you, you, you know, can you suggest for the folks that are out there that are looking? I mean, you know, the premise of the show is to go beyond the classroom. So, let's go a little bit deeper behind, you know, what you guys would teach, and, and I guess for someone in the fleet that would be using it, uh, what do you recommend for them? Sure. So. There's, there's several aspects to research, of course. And uh, when you're getting started, you're doing a lot of formative research, right? And this is taking a, a look to review secondary sources, um, you know, maybe about a specific issue or uh, demographics of your stakeholders, right? Um, you know, understanding your command, uh, what it does, how it fits into the larger picture, how are you nested within what your higher echelons are doing, what, the, what you're doing in your particular theater. And then, of course, when you can finish doing a communication plan or any communication planning campaign, we want to do some summative research. And that's really taking a look at how we've done, right? And this is part of the evaluation phase, of course, but asking how are we going to answer those questions. And if you do that effectively, all out of that summative research becomes your formative research for the next iteration of a, a communication plan or any issue that you're working on. So, you know, think of it in those two overarching phases. And then, of course, when you're doing research, you know, there's formal and there's informal research. Uh, so you, you asking me questions is a form of informal research, and we do that all the time, all the time. That's as simple as calling your upper echelon PAO, uh, someone you've worked with in the past, uh, talking to your OPSO um, or anybody else on the staff or the organization, just finding out what you're doing. You know, if you have a, you know, a, an on-base event, just talking to the people who are attending, finding out what's on the, their minds. So that's a lot of informal research. And more formal research could be maybe some type of primary research that you're doing to, to get data on how, what people know about an issue, how they feel about it, or uh, you know, going in there and, and searching online for articles or other statistics and data points that people have, have uh, already unearthed and, and you just can find out. And then Chad, the only other aspect I would like to point out is you know, when you think about research, there's kind of two, two kind of data sets that you can get, right? There's qualitative data and quantitative data. And uh, it's helpful to think of it in those two, two terms because it enables you to, to really consider if you've, if you've explored the whole topic, right? So quantitative data, I'm sure people are familiar with a lot of this. That's your, you know, statistics, numbers, demographics, all the real hard information, right? A lot, typically lots of numbers. And then qualitative data is, you know, hey, how do you feel about something, right? What do you think about an issue? You know, so if I, after this, go around and ask some folks who may have watched, say, hey, what did you think about the show? You know, collecting some of that information would be qualitative. You know, I, well, yeah. I think Chad did great, but. It's probably <laughs> the other way around, <laughs> honestly. Maybe. Um, so, you know, I think those are, you know, two, two separate uh, types of data that we can collect. And, um, you know, quantitative data is really important, but in public affairs, you know, we deal a lot with what, how people feel, uh, what they think, um, and what they do. So, you know, collecting qualitative data is crucially important. We shouldn't overlook that. Do you have any recommendations on, um, like, surveys to do that? Or do you do, you do that social media polling? Or what, how, would, how would one go about that? Right. So, you know, I would encourage, and I would encourage anybody before you do a poll, um, before you conduct any survey, you know, check with your, your JAG. Uh, you know, your judge advocate, make sure that what you're doing falls within bounds of what you're legally able to do. There are some restrictions there, but, uh, you know, there's certainly opportunities for us to be able to do that. Um, but before I suggest anything specific, I would just say the viewers should check to, to make sure yeah. what they're planning is, is appropriate. Good advice. But it could be something as simple as, you know, if, if you're going to plan, uh, everybody wants to do a town hall, so maybe this oh, is yeah, just a do. rote yeah. example. <laughs> but if you are going to do something that, or you do have 
any kind of public engagement event, you know, don't just uh, hold it and then provide your skipper, your, your general, whomever it is, uh, your perception of how it went, right? Oh, sir, I think that went great. You know, uh, a lot of people, they looked happy. You know, make sure you have some folks just asking questions. Hey, let's make sure we get out there and, and ask 50 people, you know, what they thought about this event, what they learned from it. Um, and that's, that provides you actual data that you can, you know, then it's the qualitative data, so you can get some of that attitudinal um, information that you're looking for. And then you can also attach some numbers to that as well, so you can really see how you've done. Okay. Good stuff. So I've got a long list of things I want to ask, but I do think we've got some questions um, online. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to turn sure. it over here. Sergeant Whitten, we got a couple queued up. Indeed, we do. We got Perfect. one do from Karen Nauman. She asks, "What is your top pro tip as it relates to research?" Top pro tip as it relates to research. Well, I would say make it a key feature of of your operations as a PAO. Uh, or whatever level you're operating at as a PA practitioner. Uh, because, you know, frequently things come up, then may, you may be pressed for time, right? But if you make it a practice of, yourself, of yours to conduct research, then it kind of gives you a leg up on any emergent issues or anything that may happen that you have to operate quickly on. So, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, don't wait to learn about something your organization does until there's an incident that involves, you know, some particular part of it. Well, be, you know, be proactive. Talk to the people who are in the different ENCODES or S-CODES, whatever codes you may have. Mm. Find out what they do, who's who, um, and make sure you're doing a solid environmental scan um, and that you're really understanding what the information space looks like. Um, that way you're, you're, you can anticipate issues and you're ready to roll when something happens. You mentioned something in there too. Make it part of the process. It, it kind of reminds me of you know the military training, like your muscle memory just takes over, and it kind of I mean that really makes a lot of sense. You know, if you just if it's standard, then you don't have to you don't really have to think about it. It's just going to come natural, and that will be part of the process. So, no, that's good stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we've got a couple more. Let's you, you got another one we can. Uh, as of right now, we don't have another question okay. keyed up, but keep them coming if you got them. Folks, yeah, hit us, hit us up. We're here. We really want to answer your questions. It's not about me learning about this process. Um, you know, I had ample time of, of doing this, um, mm -hmm. you know, while in uniform. But at this point, this really is about you at the, you know, out in the fleet and field. Um, so I'll ask a few more, and hopefully we'll get some more, you know, questions there. And obviously it'll continue on uh, after the show is over. So if you're catching this late, um, you can ask there too. Um, so uh, let me ask, how do, you, how do you determine how much you know, time you spend on that? I mean, we've established it's probably the most important part of you know, the RPI process, but you know, how, how much time is that based on the event or, is it, or incident or whatever, um, or is, it, is there a standard amount of time? Well, I'll, I'm going to take two tracks on that. Okay. Right? And the first one kind of goes back to what we just discussed, and that's make it a proactive part of how you operate. You know, if you are walking into your shop anymore and you say, what am I going to do today? That's probably the wrong answer, right? The first thing you should do is say, hey, what's happened in the information space that I may have missed since I've, you know, been off duty or before, you, I, you know, in the last few hours. Or you never want to go to a meeting and your boss says, hey, Chad, did you see this news event? And you said, uh, oh, no, no. right? No, because I slept in. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, make environmental scanning a, a proactive part of what you do every day. Um, and then... And that will, that will help make your time more efficiently spent. And then the other part of that is, you know, listen, we, we deal in complex uh, systems all the time, right? Um, we, we deal in imperfect information. 
So when you think about tackling an issue and the research you need to do to do so effectively, you know, you're going to have to measure, take a, an honest assessment of how much time you have. What physical resources do you have? How many people do you have that can do this? Um, when do you need to be able to take some action? So, you know, it's a, it is a balancing act, right? We often have to operate with, you know, we all want perfect information, so we understand everything, but that's impossible, right? right. So, you know, you're going to have to use your judgment at some point. Um, so make sure you have enough so you can make, a, uh, you know, reasonable, effective recommendations and then be able to act. And again, that will be supported if you just take the proactive step of ensuring you, you are conducting your research regularly, you understand your mission, uh, who your stakeholders are, and what are those key issues that are floating around. So I think that ties, ties into like what my next question here is, um, and you talked about it a little bit earlier, you talked about the environmental scan, um, but what does it mean to, to conduct you know, the environmental scan? Um, can you go a little bit deeper into that? Sure. Um, just focus on that. Yeah. So the first thing in environmental scan, you got to know who you are, right? Who, what does my command do? What, what is our mission, right? In our particular AO, how does it fit into what's going on around us? So it's not just what you want to accomplish, but how does it serve your higher echelon as well, right? How, okay. how do they look at the overall mission? Uh, and you need to know what your lines of effort are, right? We always want to be able to match our communications to lines of effort. So really have to understand yourself. Where, what your disposition is, who's doing what and why. Right? And so that's important because that clues you in on who cares, right? Who are your stakeholders? And you know, we can talk about stakeholder analysis, which I'm sure we will, um, but you should have a very well established list of who that is. And so when you're looking out at the information environment, you're looking for events or issues, things that are happening in this information space. And you wanna scan that space and ask yourself, okay, this issue, does it affect one of my stakeholders? How? And if it affects them, what does that effect have on my operations, right? So you're really kind of looking at those three things, right? Yourself, your stakeholders, and the issues out, out there, right? So how do those issues affect your stakeholders? How do they affect you? What's that interplay? Because you want to be able to, you know, when you go into a meeting, say, hey, ma'am, uh, this event's ongoing, right? It affects one of our key stakeholders, and uh, that's how it can impact us, right? So this is why we need to track it and consider taking some action. Good points. So since we're talking about the environment, you just came from a little bit of a unique environment. You're over in uh, African Lion in Morocco. How was that experience? Well, Chad, I mean, it was almost as good as sitting here talking with you. I'll tell you that. But um, it was it was great. Uh, it's a be beautiful country, um, and the people were amazing. Uh, the hospitality was you know off the charts. The food was fantastic. If you like lamb, that's the place to go for sure. Um, yeah. But you know, we spent a week training. Um, Moroccan officers. Some of them are, you know, full-time public affairs folks. Uh, many of them were not, and so this is kind of giving them an inside look at, to, you know, what public affairs is and what communication planning is all about. And uh, I'll tell you, I was really impressed with their officership, the professionalism of them all, and uh, their inquisitiveness, you know, um, because they're asking a lot of the same questions that we are, you know, hey, what do I need to communicate on, and, and who do I need to communicate with, and why the heck do I need to do that? Right. You know, so um, it was a really good opportunity to, to just, you know, understand there's, we're not the only ones thinking about this stuff, um, to build some relationships and see how they do things differently. Um, and, you know, what does that mean for us when we're all working together in a, in a joint space, a combined space? How, how do we more, most effectively work together? Um, but, of course, building those relationships is incredibly important. Still in touch with some of those folks. Um, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. That's great. I'm envious. Rhoda, Morocco, like, <laughs> we've been in a lot of the same places, I think, uh, yeah. being stationed over there. Very cool. Um, and did you train just the Moroccans, or did you work also with the American troops, or was it kind of a split mix, or how did, how did that work? Yeah, so we were specifically there to train the Moroccans, and so we were really at the front end before the exercise took off. So okay. we were training the cadre of officers who were going to take part uh, in African line as PAOs, gotcha. and they would end up working alongside American public affairs officers. Um, so this was like kind of setting the stage for them to be able to operate and, uh, you know, making sure terms and you know, we're on the same page and uh, they had an idea of what their you know, American counterparts are gonna be getting after, uh, what they're looking to try to do when the exercise kicked off. Okay, perfect. I, what a great experience. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, uh, pestle analysis. Um, what, what is that all about? Yeah, so um, it's kind of a new term to me. We were chatting about it <laughs> earlier, and, I, and, and so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it because it is a good tool for uh, public affairs personnel out, the, out there. It's a good way for them to kind of, it's a, it's a model to map onto your research, right? So even when you're thinking of an environmental scan, which is a process, you might apply the, the pestle concept to it um, or any specific issue that you want to research. So pestle stands for Political, it's an acronym, right? Political. Of course it is, we're military. <laughs> yeah, what else would we have? <laughs> Economic, um, social, technological, legal, and environmental. So really, it's just a, it's a way to create buckets and to just understand your world, right? Um, instead of having to think of everything all at once, oh, shoot, what should I research? How the heck do I think about this, right? You can say, okay, well, let me look at the political stuff. I'll look at the economic stuff, right? And you do that throughout. All right, and in each case, you want to think about what are the issues within this space, okay? What are like the really broad scope issues that define the, the reality that my command exists in, uh, my stakeholders, and that these issues are existing in, right? It's all the, the big issues that are kind of informing everybody's worldview, right? It's like, it's like the ocean, you know? If you're, you're a, a ship at sea, right? It's, it's the ocean that you're, you're living in, right? So you want to look at those really broad macro factors. Um, and so again, through each, each bucket. And then what you do is, after you've gone through that, you want to look at all the factors that you've, you've come to find, right? You want to ask yourself, hey, who does this affect? How does it affect my command? A lot like we talked about with the environmental scan. Sure. And then you start drawing some takeaways, right? You, you start drawing some conclusions about all this data. And that's how you make recommendations, right? We can collect all the information in the world, but at the end of the day, we need to assess it and synthesize it, right? We need to be able to take it and say, hey, so what does this mean for me? What does it mean for my command? What does it mean that I should do? And so PESTLE helps you, you do that. And so just take those buckets, look at the world through those lenses, and then put them together, and you're just asking yourself, so what? And that's, that's really how you can use PESTLE. Okay. I love it that you're in the Navy and you use some, some Navy references there, your oceans and ships. Can't help you it. Couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> not do that, right? Um, how are we doing on social media? We got any more questions? We do actually have another Perfect. question. Perfect, let's go there because I'm running out of things to ask. <laughs> well, we got a question from Charles. He asks, what questions or concerns regarding research comes up the most from your students? Yeah, um, that's a good, well, I'll tell you there's a couple. Um, one is, you know, how do, I, how do I find stuff that matters, right? What information matters? And then uh, how do I do this? Like, where do I look? Okay, so, you know, the, whenever I think of, you know, how, does, how do I find information that matters, I always, 
again, I, I might sound like a broken record already. Look at it through three, three lenses, right? That's your command, your mission, right? What do you do? Your stakeholders, what do they care about and why? And what issues are out there, right? It's a triangle and you're, you're really concerned with how they each impact each other and how you can contribute in that space to help refine, define an issue, um, help correct the record if that there, there's an issue there that needs correcting. Right, so that's when you're thinking of what to look for. Always keep in mind those three factors. What issues there are, the stakeholders, how does it matter to them, and what you're doing in, in the information space. And then as far as finding data, right? I mean, look, at, we are public affairs professionals um, and we're, we're in the military and it, we may not have the most robust research tools at our disposal. Depending on what echelon you're at, or if you're in the Pentagon and you can't get on any websites. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? So you may have some challenges. And maybe your command has some more resources than another, and maybe you're really limited. But there's a tremendous amount of data out there on uh, the old Google machine. I mean, that's for sure, right? You know, Google will turn up a lot of stuff for you. Yep. So kind of think about where to look. Um, hey, you can go ahead and, and pop something in the search bar, but, you know, you want to look beyond the first page and the first few returns that you always get. Um, so... If, if you're not familiar with it, um, you know, get smart on Boolean searches. That'll really help you refine your searches. And then think of some uh, good places to go look for data. So, you know, look at your uh, foreign affairs think tanks. There's a number of them out there. Uh, those are excellent places to look, um, specifically if you look at them regionally. Uh, so know where you're operating and who's covering what, where. Um, if you're looking for some really interesting data, I'd always recommend the Pew Research Center. Um, they have fantastic studies and with a free uh, account, you can get some really impressive data, uh, qualitative and quantitative, and some really trending issues, right? So uh, definitely look there. If you want some information on your stakeholders, you know, uh, the U.S. Census Bureau is amazing. And I, that might sound, I'm a little bit of a nerd, and I've had to do a lot of research, so I find it exciting and interesting. But it's, it's pretty good work from the government, I'll be honest. And you can go there, and you can uh, cross-reference a lot of information and really dig pretty deep. And uh, you know, starting with some of that demographic data, that's important. When you're thinking of your stakeholders, that's a good starting place because if you can understand your demographics a little better, I bet that there's someone out there who's done a lot of market research and dumping that stuff on the internet for free. And you can go ahead and use some of that to uh, kind of inform your searches. Yeah, that makes sense. So is that different, is, is the stakeholder like research and analysis, are those different or are they really the same thing? Yeah, well, it's so your stakeholder analysis is part of research, no doubt about it. Okay. Um, and, you know, you look, we, uh, well, we're communicators. And so at the end of the day, no matter what issue it is, we're communicating with people, you know. And so even if you think of an organization as a stakeholder, maybe you think of your senior level command or some, uh, you know, partner nation, one organization they have. Uh, or some other federal organization or local organization. It could be state or, you know, a, a private organization. Those organizations are made up of people, right? Communities are made up of people, and that's ultimately who we communicate with, right? So you want to be able to dig in there and do your stakeholder analysis and find out, hey, who are the people that are here, okay? And then even within any community or organization, ask yourself, what different types of people are here? You know, and so, look, we're all in the military, so we can make it easy as an example. Um, we're not all the same. Um, sailors are not all the same. Marines are not all the same. And conveniently, we have some pretty easy ways to, to differentiate between pay grade, 
class officers or enlisted, right? Um, and so you can look at those types of differences and say, okay, so what matters to this, these people? So we want to find out who, who are our stakeholders, right? And then ask yourself, what matters to them? What issues are important to them? What are we doing that's affecting them? Um, what do they know or not know that, they, that we could change, right? How do they feel about what we're doing or a particular issue? And what kind of behaviors are they taking that you know, maybe help or hinder what we're trying to accomplish? And so that's you know, the whole knowledge, attitude, behavior piece. Um, so you always, you want to, you really got to dig in there and find out, hey, what, what is the gap in there for my stakeholders yeah. that we need to do our part so we can inform them so, you know, maybe the, their attitude is, is, is changed, the, you know, in such a way that it better supports or helps what we need to accomplish. Uh, what information are they missing that we need to provide or correct? Um, and so it's absolutely a part of the, uh, the research process. And, you know, if, if you don't know who you're communicating with, then you're going to not, you won't be able to communicate effectively. Sure. So that's, you know, I would say if you do your research, understand your commands straight away, and then the ne very next thing you need to do is a stakeholder analysis to understand exactly who cares, what they care about, and why. Okay. So let's, we're not going to talk about all the next steps, but let's talk a little bit about how that research phase, how does that um, impact the next step, which is evaluation? Right. Well, it, I mean, it affects everything, right? You, you can't make plans unless you have some knowledge. And so that's what your research is doing. It's, it's providing you the knowledge you need to be able to execute a plan. And so when you think about evaluation, you know, evaluation takes a couple things, right? It takes at least, it's, it's the difference between two pieces of data, right? So you got to know a beginning and you got to know an end. And then you take your measurement in between. So why is that important to research? Well, when you're doing your formative research, you're out there researching your organization, your stakeholders, the issue, that's where you do all your benchmarking, right? How many people care about this issue? What sure. issues do they care about? Um, what is the gap in knowledge that they have, right? And you want to try to quantify this stuff as best as you can because that identifies your starting point. And then, you, you know, you create your plan and you're going to run this plan. And you're going to do it with the, and we talked about this on the last um, edition, we talked, you're going to have smart objectives that should yield you uh, data at the end. And you're going to take that and you're going to measure it. And that's going to, that provides you new information to create another plan or continue your communication planning. So that's all the summative uh, research that we talked about. Um, and if you're not doing that, you know, you've done yourself a disservice because you spent all this time building a plan, right? And you've done all this research, you've executed it, but if you haven't collected all that data on the back end, then you are missing a huge opportunity to better inform your next steps, uh, right. better inform your decisions for the future. Yeah, was the juice worth the squeeze and did you move the needle at all yeah. or did you just waste a bunch of time? Exactly. Yeah, okay, that makes perfect sense. Um, do we have any more questions online? We do have another See, question. See, I love it, let's go there. <laughs> uh, this one comes, uh, once again, we got Karen saying, how do you recommend that we start research and how would it be different with secondary versus primary research? Yeah, so, you know, to get started, um, I would just start asking some simple questions, right? That's all the formative research that I talked about. You know, if you're new to your command, do some informal research, walk around, find out who's who, find out what they do, right? Um, and start just looking in your information space, find out what things are trending, you know? Do that stakeholder analysis. That, those are the, the primary things that you need to do to get started right away. 
Um, and then you think about primary research, when you need to do that, I'm probably thinking about more issue-specific stuff, right? So now I really want to drill down and find out some new data that's not been uncovered before. Um, and maybe you are thinking about your specific stakeholders, what they know, how they feel about a particular issue, right? Um, and just kind of go ahead and ask them. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Again, surveys are a way. Make sure you understand what your left and right lateral limits are when you do that. Um, have an event and just ask some questions. Always, always just be inquisitive. That's perfect. That's a great question. And it actually was my next question, as you can see on the teleprompter. So do you have another one? <laughs> we need to move my teleprompter up. Uh, That's the beauty of live TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I do actually have a question coming from my own mind this time. Okay, let's do it. Not, uh, yeah. If that's all right. So my question is, with all these different types of research and places to get data, is there a point where it reaches too much data? Is there such a thing as too much research? Yeah, I mean, what's it, a, a analysis paralysis kind of thing? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, again, always have in mind when the idea that you got to actually take action, right? So your research is, is important, uh, crucially, crucially important, but you got to understand when you need to take action, right? And that's what we're, we're always driving to. So accept that you're never going to have perfect information. And you want enough to be able to make well-informed decisions and recommendations and then be able to move forward. If we all waited for, I mean, shoot, if the military waited for perfect information, we would never take action and we'd never be able to yeah. actually act. You always know, changing. so yeah, so you know, again, be proactive to always have the, the strongest baseline of information that you can work from. And then, you know, be cognizant, be aware of, of when you need to act. And uh, you know, work toward that end, get the kind of information you need, and be able to, to press play. That's, that's what I would say. Good stuff. All right, any more online? Not at this moment. Okay. So I, I think, I mean, we've covered a lot of information. I think we've covered kind of the gamut of anything. Is there anything that I'm missing that you want to throw out there that you think, you know, would be, would be important, um, you know, to a, to a person that has been to school and maybe got out to the fleet and then, you know, had a real world hit them? Um, is there anything you want to, would like to add to it? Yeah, a couple things. We didn't rehearse this part, what? so no. here you go. No, we didn't. Um, that's okay. We can make it up as we go. Uh, so the first thing is I would say, you know, we all end up with a wide, uh, you know, body of experience, right? And that's great because it helps us reference what's going on, you know? But uh, don't, just because you have a lot of experience, don't think that means you have the answer for the very next thing just based on your experience, right? And, and we all have a tendency to do that. Oh, I, well, this is something similar. I'm just going, I'm going to go do this. Don't jump straight to your tactics or just taking action. Take a minute to question your assumptions, right? And not just your assumptions. Take a minute to question the assumptions of your commanders, right? Because they're going to come to you and say, we need to do, we need, we need to address this issue. I want, PAO, I want you to do this. And, uh, you know, your, your boss is going to have a pretty good pulse of the organization, what's going on, right? But they're also not the PAO. Right. You are, you know, you have the unique responsibility of understanding the information space and how it affects your organization and what you're trying to do. So even when they come to you and say, we have this problem, we need to do something about it right now. You know, okay, thank you, ma'am. And then we'll get on that. But when you get on it, when you're going to take action, the first thing you should do is research it. Understand, is that, is that really the right question that we're asking? Is that really the problem? Is that a symptom of something deeper that we need to look at and address? Um, so always question those assumptions, yours, your, your superiors, right, um, your, your, your peers. Yeah. Question those assumptions, run them to ground, and give yourself the space to, to really make some good decisions. 
um, and remain open-minded. Because if we just jump to conclusions and start taking action, well, we won't be able to effectively measure results and then actually accomplish anything. And in which case, you know, we're not value added to the process. Sure. Because um, that's what your skipper really needs you to be is, is add some value and help, uh, you know, accomplish the mission. Advise. Sometimes exactly. it's just advise and that may steer the direction you go in. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. No, that's perfect. So you talked about some organizations you could get information. Are there other sites? I mean, almost every show Pavilion comes up. Are there, is there information on Pavilion um, that, that could help a person that's trying to do the research or the whole RPI process? Absolutely. So, you know, uh, as far as doing research, some of the things I suggested earlier, go ahead and look there. Um, for more just guidance on how to do some research, what types of information you're looking for or Pestle analysis, we didn't get into a SWOT analysis, which is an analysis of your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yep. Um, really important to do, because if Pestle is that outside look, SWOT is that inward look, and that's really important to take. Um, but Pavilion can offer a lot of uh, good insight of how to do that, provide some templates um, and tools for doing so. I think Major Marlowe's probably been posting some of that stuff out there. Um, stakeholder analysis and understanding how to do segmentation, because I'll tell you, with stakeholder analysis, you can get really, really deep. Um, you know, the better you understand someone, the better you can communicate with them. So we really want to drill down as far as we can on that. So please, for all the communicators out there, check out, uh, you know, check out Pavilion. It has a lot of resources on there that will help you uh, be able to conduct research effectively and apply it to creating a plan. Perfect. And we're going to do a full show on Pavilion uh, coming up in a couple months. So we'll get into that and, and, and go into much more detail uh, on that. Great. So well, I appreciate your information. We're going to try something different before we actually wrap the show. We're going to do a shout out to, you know, we're trying to find communication professionals who are out there uh, making a difference in the communication world. And, and I've identified one. I'm just going to start out with it. So First Lieutenant uh, recently promoted. Uh, her name is Kayla Olson, O-L-S-E-N, uh, very active on LinkedIn. And so this is an opportunity for me to tell you uh, what she's been doing. She just finished a, a rotation in Norway. Um, she was building partnerships over there and doing stuff. Um, check out the infographics that she has done. She took uh, dry erase boards. They're like two foot by three foot uh, in, in, you know, size and drew these spectacular infographics. Uh, they're one informative, but they're also visually, you know, kind of com compelling. Um, so check those out. They're all on there. And if you've got um, people that you think that are out there and they're, you know, exceptionally engaging on social media uh, or doing some amazing uh, communication for their unit, uh, please give us a shout out. Either post it here in the comments or hit me up on either LinkedIn or on Twitter. Uh, it's Chad McMean. Uh, that's, that's the name of my, you know, my thing. Those are my official ones. Um, so we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to give a shout out and hopefully she'll re you know, repurpose this and, and get all the interaction. She's super engaging. I think when she got promoted, she had like 3,000 interactions with her, her post. So kind of incredible, um, you know, doing great work. And a Naval Academy grad, um, which, is, which is pretty awesome. So with that, gentlemen, I think, uh, I think we've covered a lot of information. Thank you for coming in. Thanks, Chad. It's um, a pleasure. Today. Sergeant Witten, I appreciate it. Uh, hey, folks, we're coming up on the 4th of July long weekend. I do got to do my safety brief. Please be safe out there. If you're traveling or doing water sports, it's supposed to be hectic on the roads. If you can afford the gas money these days, uh, be safe. And happy birthday, America. Thank you all for joining us today for this show. Thank you, gentlemen, uh, for helping us out on the set. And we'll see you next month.